Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Healy. I'm Mr. Watt. <laughs> and we are back with another look at the Colgan faculty. And with us today, we have a special guest from our faculty. Special guest, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Eric Blackman. <laughs> and you teach? I teach biology. Eric, uh, Mr. Blackman here is a biology teacher at our school. We're excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let's start with this, Mr. Blackman. You know, as we, we kind of done these with uh, several faculty members, we continue to work through the whole um, staff. And, and how we always kind of start is just to kind of give people a little bit of understanding of your professional background. So just talk us through just kind of quickly bullet point your professional journey as an educator to how you arrived in the best job you ever had here at Colgan High School. <laughs> um, well, I'm a career switcher. So that means I did not start out in education. So my background is in customer service, working with the people restaurants, assistant general manager, you know, sales. So I believe that gave me a good foundation of the relationship part. Because mm -hmm. when we're talking about education, it's all about relationships. They always throw out that word. But it's, it really is being able to talk to people, be able to listen to people, understand where they're coming from, try to help them out, you know, to achieve basically a common goal. You know, right. as a restaurant right. manager, mm -hmm. like, hey, we got to get through this Friday night shift. You know, yeah, and they've got things going on in their personal lives that they need to work through. So it's like it's almost like same thing in the classroom. It's like when you you go into the classroom and you see a kid that's might having a bad day or a bad week. You're just like, hey, you know, tough times don't last, but tough people do. Right, you know, and you right, just gotta right. Help them out. It's like biology doesn't seem so important right now. I'm like, well, right now it doesn't, but maybe one day it will be. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so you start, and was it at just one restaurant or multiple restaurants you worked at, or it was like like one group you were with the whole time? Uh, there was one small chain steakhouse that I was with for the majority of my time. Mm -hmm. You know, grew up in the restaurant business, right, right, right. Waiting tables, uh, line cook, and then eventually just got into the whole bartending and management and understanding the flow, the yeah. operations of everything, how it how it all works together. Because a lot of people don't understand the behind-the-scenes aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. So that gave me some great insight. So, so what happened to then click to say I want to be a career switcher in education? I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll and, do it. And she actually was working in the restaurant, and she was working her way through school. She was yeah. she wanted to be an educator. Okay. So she graduated like the twenty. 12. Am I telling my age? <laughs> she graduated. No, we met in 2012. She graduated in like 2014. And then we moved back up to this area where she got a, a job offer from Prince William County School. All right. I was working odd jobs everywhere else. And then she was like, you know what? You should do something that you like. You uh -huh. like football, don't you? I was like, yes, I, I love football. Football is one of my passions, right? And then I was like looking and got into coaching. Uh, in Falkier County, mm -hmm. you know, I talked to one of the coaches. He's like, "Oh, you seem like you know what you're doing." It's like I played football, you know, lived football <laughs> quite a long time, extensively. So I got into coaching, but I'm still working those odd jobs that wouldn't allow me to be there after school at like three o'clock when practice was. Right, right. And he, and he looked at me. He's like, "Do you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah." Well, what do you need? A job that's going to let me be here at three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So he's like, "Let me talk to someone." Talked to his uh, SPED uh, admin, met with them, 
she was like, we can get you two classes over the summer. We can get you endorsed. And I was like, what does that mean? So it means you'll be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm <laughs> always up for anything. I'm down. So I took my two classes, got endorsed. I got a provisional license. That was what you call a career switcher. Right. And my first day in front of kids was my first day in class. Wow. No so, student teaching. No just student right teaching. There. Just hard knocks. Have yeah. at it. And they were like, you'll be fine. Just have the first two days planned. <laughs> and then you can you get the next two days. And then before you know it, you're a weekend. You're like, oh, okay. So super nervous, super scared. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I guess that feeling happens for a lot of young teachers, right? Yeah, yeah. But the more you do it, the more you understand, like, you know, the kids are, this is their first day. They were nervous too. They were excited. And, you know, just being able to, like, talk to them, build those relationships and eventually, it was just like, like not like nothing. Like I was meant to do this. Yeah. So, and then eventually, uh, you converted to biology. Teacher. I converted to biology. I had a degree in biology. Okay. So, there was an opening, uh, the biology department chair, a very sweet lady, uh, was finally retiring, and she's like, you know what, you should come on over to the science side. Mm-hmm, You've got a degree mm-hmm. in biology. You know, she had a great room set up, and I was like, this is awesome. This is what I want. Right. So she's like, come on over, right? It wasn't too hard. She's just like, come on over. And I was like, okay. So I switched over to uh, the biology, and then I was teaching bio at Liberty High School for like two years. Mm-hmm. And then my lovely wife was like, you know what? You should come to Prince William County. You know, you get on this. Uh, Your wife sounds really smart to She me. is. She is. She, <laughs> like, you got to run everything through her. Like, she's got the calendar. She's giving you list. some good advice on life she's so far. I, I'm pretty impressed. She's All right. Me, so she said, she said, come to Prince William. And... Yeah, because, you know, when you get on this insurance together, it, yeah. it, it cuts it down by yeah. a lot. And we're about to have our first uh, child. So yeah. I was like, oh, man, okay. And then it was like the interview process was... Hey, I'm trying to get into Prince William. What's up? How's it going? Right, right. And I think I went, I did like HR recruits and maybe one, I went on one interview and it didn't, wasn't the right feel. No, I went on two interviews. It wasn't really the right feel. And then I got a phone call and I was like, oh, Colgan, okay, what's up? And he's like, hey, come on in for an interview. And I was like, okay, you know. Had no idea what Colgan was about until they called and said, hey, you want to interview? So I looked it up, and I was like, oh, wow, this, they want me? What? (laughs) This is interesting. Okay. Like, you know, School of Performing Arts, you know, School of Excellence. I was like, oh, wow. How am I going to do? Am I going to fit in? Kind of nervous already. I haven't even talked to anybody, you know. (laughs) And then you get in, and you just get a good feel, and you start, you know, hearing the questions, and you answer the questions, and, you know, all that nervousness just goes away and it just becomes just you, who you are. So essentially they get to see who you are and they liked it within 48 hours. It's like, Hey, we want, we want to, we want to bring you in. We want to hire you, but we got to wait for HR to make the phone call. And I was like, Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. So they called. It was like, yes, I want to accept. And then boom, like the, I think it was like June. It was either June or July. Yeah. It was late. So it was like within a couple weeks, you know, orientation, new stuff, boom in the building. And I was like, Oh wow. And right. then, and and you basically you were like a veteran now as opposed to that first experience when you were oh yeah just it, trying to figure it out understood that the teaching the classroom part was fine it was just it was a new venue it was new expectations and uh, it's like oh wow I guess this is an opportunity for me to like reinvent myself but also be who I am yeah yeah so it was, it was a great opportunity got a great group up in the science department 
you know, just a wonderful, extraordinary bunch of professionals. They share their work, their materials. Like we collaborate and work on things and what works well with this. And uh, you can try it, but I don't know if that. So they really helped in that transition process. Mm -hmm. And then my first year was kind of like, you know, just feeling things out. And then second year is like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be who I am. And then COVID hit, (laughs) you're like, Oh, dang, this sucks. But it was just trying to be accommodating to the students and being there for them, just helping them not only just learn science, but just help them through it. Cause you know, this was rough on everybody. Sure. It it affects everybody differently. So you mentioned football early on your love for football. Um, Give us a little bit, just a, insight into your background in, in in football oh well you played in high school right i played in like middle school at bevel uh-huh played in high school at hilton right that's what i remember won, yeah won a state championship in 02 just a little thing like just, a state championship a you know played college ball at uva wise right you know did some stuff here and there a little semi-pro after college just so that's been a big part of your life for it sure. Ha- it has been. It teaches you about adversity and overcoming and working together as a team. Like football really is a, an analogy for life. And along with the hard hits that you take, you got to learn to get back up. Right. You know? Right. So it's studying, knowing your opponent, knowing yourself, knowing your weaknesses or your opportunities for growth and be able to overcome those obstacles, but also doing your part at, in a group as the whole. So football has taught me a lot. And yeah. then coaching at Liberty, I realized that, you know, there's a little bit more to it. You know, I had like a position. It wasn't just, you know, being a player. It was trying to coach them up to be players. Right, right. So it was a different aspect. It was still a form of teaching, right? But you were giving that instant feedback. Like, hey, you're doing this all right. You know, he got inside of you. That's not what you want. You want to make sure you're pressing him to the outside. That's defensive back talk. Yeah, you know, yeah. Right? You know, some people don't like, what is he talking about? No, no I, I remember, uh, you know, I coached in my um, – early teaching career, I, I was just a mediocre high school player, certainly not as, ex- uh, didn't win any state championships or go on to collegiate, but as a mediocre high school player and, and then coaching a little bit, uh, my first uh, seven years, I think, of my career, I remember all the lessons you talk about, but for me, the big transition into coaching was the head coach at the time, his name was Ron Davis, he said to me, this teaches you to look at football not as a fan anymore, but but as a as a coach, di- dissecting what's happening, what each player is doing, and ever since then, it really does change the way you watch football, right? Because you, I do root for the Washington football team and JMU and UV. I, I root for these teams, but you're always looking to see little things that are happening as a coach through that lens, you know? Oh yeah. It changes your whole perspective. Right. Right. I was uh, in the leadership classes last week, um, talking through some leadership stuff with them. And I use a quote by, um, uh, Vince Lombardi. It's, it's a old quote, like, you know, similar to what you were saying about your lessons of of football, of it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, but when you get up basically, right. Or how many times you get up, that's what makes a champion. But I was, it was, I always started with like, do you guys know who this is? <laughs> and it's amazing. There were a few students who said, isn't the trophy named after him? Yes. <laughs> or, or isn't the trophy named that? They didn't connect that it was named after him as a famous coach. All right. Circling back to you oh. as a teacher, I noticed the, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I was out in the hallway by your classroom 
And I noticed you made a point to be standing out there greeting each student as they come in. Is that something you do all the time? And, and talk through why you do that, uh, standing there kind of saying hello to each student as they come into your classroom. Well, in a perfect world, yes, every single day, every single class, you know, you're out there greeting them because it's, you know, might be the first time someone says hello to them today. You know, mm -hmm. like, hey, how's it going? What's up? Kind of gauge how they're doing. You know, most of the times they're going, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, good morning. You know, friendly. Come on in. It's like, yeah. Okay. yeah. But then you get the occasional like, mm. it's like, ooh. <laughs> so it kind of like tests the water. Like, oh, okay, I might need to check on you later or see what's going on. Um, but it's just a great way to start the day. Also, you know, seeing what's going on encouraging my students to get to class yeah. because sometimes they like to like, uh, I'm like, come on, you're almost there. You know, and they see your face and they're like, Oh my goodness, Mr. Blackman. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I try to stay, make it a point to be in the hallways, you know, just saying hi, greeting people, being friendly. Yeah. You know, Cause when they see you, it makes a difference. Makes a big difference. I think you describe it really well. And you know, there's all sorts of research that proves that just that little interaction with a student can make a big, big difference. So you describe it really, really well. So uh, give us an insight into your classroom now as a teacher. So if I'm a parent listening or a student who maybe, you know, next year as we go into the year and they're like, hey, I have Mr. Blackman on my schedule. Let me see what he's all about. Give people a little insight into what they would experience in your classroom every day. Oh, man. Sometimes I would say expect the unexpected. <laughs> like every day. It's the same, but it's different. So, like, every day you're going to get me a lot of energy, enthusiastic. Like, oh, it's science. Why is he so excited at 8.30 <laughs> in the morning? And I'm like, it's just who I am, you know. Uh, but 90% of the time, because you can't bring it all 100%, but 90% of the time, high energy, excited, um, understanding, you know, because I, I get it, you know. Sometimes they come in, it's 8.30 after uh, a day off, and they're tired because they stayed up late. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, we need, eventually when you wake up, you know, because I know you're sleepy right now, you're going to wake <laughs> up. We got some work we need to do, okay? And I'm like, uh-huh. So it's just like working them through the process of trying to get them back into this. But my classroom is, is exciting. It's fun. Uh, there's learning that goes on. It might be unorthodox from time to time. But, you know, make sure that the kids know that I'm there to help them and they can ask me, I won't say anything, but they can ask me questions or ask me about things and I'll give them my best advice just because sometimes they just need that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so um, when you say unorthodox, give us an example of something that might be unorthodox. Cause that can mean a lot of different things, right? Yeah, so normally like traditional classrooms, you know, they'll come in, they'll have... You know, they, sometimes they'll have like a, some an activity or a warm up to kind of get them into the flow. You know, teachers with uh, pristine classroom management will have their you know rituals and routines set up. You know, I've got my rituals and routines, but they're a little lax sometimes. Mm -hmm. I, I I know I'm still seven years into this working on that. I don't think anyone ever gets it perfect because the student dynamic is constantly changing. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, but you know, you just have to be able to be flexible. You know, sometimes it might be a little louder than normal, like second block's going to be quiet, fifth block's going to be quiet, but you know third block is going to be like, mm. and it's like, okay, okay. Mm. 
So I got a doorbell that kind of like try to like, oh, they're like, what's that? That's to bring them back into focus. Try, try to bring them back into focus. Oh, yeah. hey, what's up? Hey, I'm up here. Y'all didn't see me? Oh, <laughs> tall guy in the front? No? Okay. So, you know, sometimes it might be, if you walk by, it might be a little chaotic, but I'm, I'm happy to say that my kids are doing well. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's just the, the, the little bit of flexibility. It's like, hey, you know, sometimes you got to give them the dad voice. Like, look, I give you a lot of leeway in this classroom. Don't take advantage of it. And they're like, ooh. You know, because you're nice all the time. But then when you get that sternness, they're like, they listen. They're like, ooh, yeah, hold on. Yeah. Are you serious? I go, yes, yes, I am. And then they'll get back on track. They'll do what they need to do. So, so if your students had to pick maybe two or three words to just describe you, <laughs> and you can't explain them, just say two or three words, what, what would those words be? Huh. <laughs> I'm thinking. Mr. Watts, I'm gonna yeah. after <laughs> you have, I'm gonna throw it over to you. You have yeah. a question while I, he's thinking yeah. of that? Yeah, well, uh, so I asked this. Um, you said you were a biology major. Yes. So tell me the love of science. Oh man, science goes way back. Like when I was a little kid, and this probably happens with a lot of little kids. You know, they're like, "Mommy, Daddy, why?" You know. So you, so you were one of those. You asked you asked every question why? for everything. Yeah. Why? Why? And that's really understanding science is figuring out that why because mm. things work and operate and. There's a happy balance, but you want to figure out, well, why does that do that? Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why do animals do this? You know, dogs sniff their butts every time they walk. Like, <laughs> why? Yeah. It's just that, that curiosity, okay. right? That inquisitiveness, like, want to know why. And somewhere along the line, as kids, you know, parents will get that famous response, because. <laughs> because. Right. Stop asking why. It was like, no, you don't want to mm. like put that flame out. You want to ignite that flame. You want them to continue on to grow that critical thinking of figuring out, well, why does this happen? Question, why? Why? But do it in a way where you're like, okay, well, let me research. Let me figure it out. You know, ask three before you ask me because they all ask me the same question. I'm like, no, ask someone else. Ask, mm. ask, ask two, two more people. Ask one more person. Oh, they don't know either? Okay, come to me. But it's just trying to figure out, well, why the world is the way it is, or why does it operate the way it does? And understanding like science, that, that scientific mindset just made it real for me. I'm like, oh, that's why. Hmm. You know, when you go to your first intro college level biology class and you're in there with like 150 in the auditorium and the professor goes, look to your left, look to your right. One of those people will not be here at the end of the semester. And you're like, what? And then they're like looking. I was like, it's got to be that guy. And I was like, no, it's not me. I'm going to be you. So you're like, oh, well, why is that? Okay. Be because it's not everyone's cut out to understand or figure out or dig deeper into understanding why. But luckily, I, I made it through. It's funny you say that. I, I do remember. I don't remember. The professor never said that in my intro to biology class in college, but I did think I have about 150, 200 people in that class. I do remember that being very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Biology is one of those subjects I wish as an adult I could go back and redo 
Oh, mm. yeah. You know, there's that famous quote that sometimes it says education is wasted on the youth or something, on youth, something <laughs> like that. And and biology and history are where I am with that as an adult. Like, I am so fascinated with those subjects as an adult, but as a kid, I was not. Nah. You couldn't see the purpose back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. it's tying the purpose and saying, this is the reason why you're going to need to know this, mm. right? We always tie that back. Why do I need to know this? When, when am I going to be able to need to know this, Mr. Blackman? You go, well... I can tell you why, because one day your your son or daughter is going to be like, Daddy, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then you can yeah. explain it to him. So then I, I got a follow up to that. Uh, you had mentioned before, this kind of goes a little, I think I know the answer, but I'd like to hear your take on it. Um, you had this curiosity in you. You were a coach. You, you played ball. You were a special education teacher, now a biology teacher. It almost seems like people are kind of that puzzle a little bit to you. Mm -hmm. And so give me a little insight into how you approach the students coming into your classroom with that, that maybe that coach's mindset or maybe that special education teacher's mindset and that curiosity mindset that you have. And when someone is um, maybe not doing as successful at first. Well, when you run into the students with troubles or difficulties, you want to just take a step back. Because a lot of times, you know, as teachers, you go, well, it's them. It's like, well, mm. there might be something going on with them. Is it just this class? Is it their, all of their classes? Is it something going on at home? Is it something going on with my teaching style? It's like, mm. how can I help them? How can I open this up for them to understand? So then you have to do that, you know, inquisitive, like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? You have to get to know your students. So by knowing your students, you know what works well for them, what doesn't work well for them, how you can help them. Um, you know, being a coach, being a special education teacher, as understanding the student as a whole in order to, in order to like they say, meet the needs of the student. So mm -hmm. building those relationships, talking to them. A lot of times, you know, as a teacher, you know, we have some great teachers and they, you know, they build those relationships with their students. But a lot of times when there's a disconnect, it's like, did you build that relationship? Yeah. Are, are your students able to come and say, hey, I'm having difficulty? Because a lot of times when they don't come and tell you they're having trouble, they don't have that bond. Yeah. You know, when my, my students go like, look, I don't get this. It's like, all right, let me help you. You know, that's that first step is like they have taken it upon themselves. They know they're struggling and they need help. So they're asking me for help. That means I've built that relationship. If they're not talking to me, we got a problem. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, they are the puzzle. We're trying to put the puzzle together piece by piece. And sometimes you got to put the outside in, per, like the, the edges, yeah. the corners, yeah, right? Yeah, and then you yeah, can fill yeah. in the, the whole puzzle. So coaching, being a sped teacher, like just being a, a restaurant manager, being able to get the best out of, you know, your students. And sometimes their best might just be a C. But, you know, right. I'm okay with that. If that's your best, then you should celebrate that, right? Because, you know, we need to celebrate those, those victories in life. Mr. Blackman, before we wrap up our time here, uh, the kind of final question we ask everybody, um, you know, and you've shared a lot with us uh, during this time, uh, you know, the, you work in restaurants, your background is playing football, special ed teacher, but if there, what else can you share with us, the audience, about you, some insight into you that maybe superficially someone wouldn't know about you 
um, whether a student or uh, us as your colleagues, something about you and insight can be as personal as you want, can be stay professional, whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with that you could share with everybody about you? Hmm, that's a good question. How much time do I have? <laughs> uh, no. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, you can say, like, superficial, like, oh, you know, I'm a Leo. I like cooking and working out and sports. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you want to dig a little bit deeper, you know, and you're trying to think about, like, you as yourself. It's like, well, I'm expecting my second uh, child in February. Okay. Congratulations. Okay. That's Congrats. awesome. Growing the family. But uh, becoming a parent has been the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Because mm. it tests you every single day. And it's actually, I think, made me a better teacher. Yeah. Uh, the other day, one of my uh, coworkers was like, you have a lot of patience. And I go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you know, dealing with a toddler, and you, you tell them 137 times in a day, no, don't do that. No, you're going to hurt yourself. Right. You don't do that because this is, you know, trying to explain it to them. And they're like, ah, I'm going to do it. And then, ah, like, yeah. Okay, what did we learn? <laughs> so right. still, even being a teacher uh, to a toddler, because he's going to do the same thing tomorrow and the next day, until finally one day he goes, you know what? I better stop doing this. <laughs> so it... it, it so, so that's an insight, right? As, an a, insight. as a parent, you, while you're getting ready to become a parent times, two times, times over. Times two, yep. And uh, so that's definitely exciting family news. Uh but also kind of that insight of how that shapes you as an educator. I think that's really, really important. It grows patience. It grows understanding. It grows compassion. All those good fun things. All those good things. And, and I think I, the, my message to people is you don't have to have kids to be a great educator, but you have to sometimes think like a parent because I think when you, whether you have kids or whether you think like a parent, you know, sometimes you have a, you're an aunt or an uncle and, and you kind of get it. It's tough. It's tough being a parent, right? And it's it, oh, yeah. it gives you a lot of insight as an educator for sure. So we appreciate you sharing that. Appreciate your time with us this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. It was great. So that will wrap up another episode uh, with Colgan faculty. Thank you all very much.